Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. On today's episode, we're talking about the narrative, why no one wants to work anymore. Is that true? Is that a real statement? All that and more, we're breaking it down in today's episode, including how you can have happy, healthy, engaged employees. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. All right. Hey, we're back with another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and checking out the podcast today. You could be doing all sorts of things, listening to all sorts of things. And hey, I appreciate you with your cup of coffee or your beverage of choice, uh, whatever time of day it is for you. I appreciate you tuning in to the podcast and listening to some good advice today. I hope to give you some today. Wherever you are in your business, whatever problems you're facing, whatever future you're hoping for, for your business, I hope that the podcast is able to give you some insights to be able to get one step closer to those things. So uh, for me, I am recording this in the afternoon towards the end of the week. I just personally speaking, it is the due date of my baby boy who has not arrived yet. It's looking like he's possibly not coming today. So he debated us, he tricked us, and uh, I thought, you know what, I haven't put up my podcast episode yet, so let's go ahead and jump into that. So as is tradition with the podcast, I typically talk about things that are part of mainstream news and tie it back to what you need to know for your business, you know, the actionable, tangible, practical things for your business. And I want to talk, you know, occasionally I get into a subject that inevitably gets people frustrated at me. Sometimes, I mean, some people are enthused with me, but uh, in general, I typically try to stay away from politics on the podcast. Not really interested in politics personally. I don't really ascribe to a certain political party. Uh, Those are all of my disclaimers. And after I finish this episode, you may say, well, you lie. You're you're part of this party. Uh, I'm not, but, <laughs> you know, it just is what it is, right? Uh, I just talk about things that make sense to me, things that um, honestly just seem very intuitive to me. And the thing I want to talk about today is this narrative around people don't want to work anymore. Um, this has been said several times. It's been in the news. It's been parroted by a multitude of people. And I want to go ahead and tell you something that this is also just, this is nothing new, by the way. There's nothing new about this narrative. Um, this is something that has been said since I was a kid that people who are less fortunate, the people who are um, living paycheck to paycheck, that these are, I mean, it's, it is the bootstrap ideology which is essentially to describe it in like as <laughs> I'm trying to think about how to describe it in the most like unpolitical way possible. The bootstrap ideology at its core essentially says that 
despite your circumstances, everyone is capable of achieving whatever goals, ambitions, dreams that they may have, you know, within reason. So it's not necessarily like every person can become a rocket scientist or something that effect or be an astronaut. But in terms of like general goals, you know, being happy, happy, healthy, wealthy, these are all things, you know, we live in an amazing country, which is very true, by the way, we live in an amazing country and that kind of success is available to everyone. And what I'll go ahead and tell you uh, is that I believe that there is an, an enormous amount of opportunity to people. However, I do not believe that everyone has the same uh, access of those pathways to success. I think some people have, uh, frankly, have to work harder than others. But despite this, there has been a growing narrative that 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 is not the, that what I just said is not the case. That everyone has has the same access to success. Therefore, the people who are living paycheck to paycheck, the reason they haven't found immense success is that they're lazy that they want to sit at home. Uh, you've probably heard this talked about with people who are, um, uh, this conversation around people who are on government benefits, uh, that these, these are people who are, um, what's often said is that these are people who are taking advantage of your taxpayer dollars, that they're not seeking out better jobs. Uh, you know, I don't really want to get that into it, to be honest, but you know the bottom line without triggering anyone <laughs> i don't i don't really believe that that any of that is true and having worked in inner city houston and worked with people who are um impoverished who live paycheck to paycheck uh i myself having lived paycheck to paycheck uh, i'll go ahead and tell you that we we really have to stop worshiping successful business people. It's a bit disturbing and almost cult-like the way we talk about Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, uh, you know, those are the two that are top of mind right now. Like we have to stop looking at these people and saying, oh my gosh, how amazing, what's their routine? How do they spend their time? How much do they work? And actually, there's there's stories that, frankly, I think are probably somewhat um, propaganda-esque driven, like PR driven, that talk about Elon Musk sleeping in his office and working 80 hours a week and hustling and grinding. And, you know, I got to be honest, like when I see pictures of these people like on billion dollar yachts, you know, just enjoying a nice drink you know, traveling for a month at a time, I, I I have a kind of an issue like parsing those two realities together. I think how can this person, one, be working so hard and two, be on vacation, enjoying, I mean, especially like many of us who have 10, 10 days total in the year for personal days and for vacation, like thinking about those 10 days, I have a hard time putting those two realities together. And well, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that those stories are necessarily false. I'm not saying that Elon Musk hasn't worked a 60 hour week in his life. Um, and frankly, his, his work productivity is none of my business. Honestly, it really isn't. What I will say 
is that more often than not, when I encounter a story about a successful business person, the way the story is construed is just just using it from like their perspective. I wake up at 4 a.m. I hit the gym for two hours. Uh, I make myself breakfast. It's always, you know, a slice of toast, two eggs, fruit, you know, whatever goes like on your nutritional, you know, um, I have tea, no coffee or, you know, my special coffee blend with high performance powder and, you know, whatever it is, you know, I take my eight vitamins. I go to my meetings. I'm in meetings from, you know, 7 a.m. till noon. I do a working lunch while I'm in my next meeting. I'm closing this sale. I'm doing that sale, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, it's, it's just... It's a, it's like, think about, for example, the best, most productive day you've had in the last six months. Like you could probably generally think of what that day looked like. You can probably remember it. You probably woke up in a great mood and things just pinged. They just worked. Like it just, it just felt like it was like one thing after another. Like you were just easily able to transition from one project to the next, from one task to the next. Things maybe felt like they were ending in a neat and tidy way. And you finish the day being like, wow, like I just finished some serious work today. That was awesome. And it, you remembered it because you probably felt good about it. But when you think about that day, there, there probably isn't several that were just like it. Now, I'm not saying that you only have one good day in the last six months. You probably have a multitude of days that you're like, yep, that was a good day. Got a lot of work done. It was great. Yada, yada, yada. But you probably have just one or a few that were like exponentially more amazing than all the others combined. It was like the, the planets aligned and you were just you were just on it from the moment you woke up. The point that I'm making is that when I hear these stories about successful business people, that exceptionally awesome day gets described as their norm every day. And I'm not, now you can take this one of two ways. You could be like, well, yeah, it, that makes sense because they are billionaires. They're millionaires. Like, of course, they are amazing. They're incredible. That could be true. I think what's more likely true is that there are more factors in play to our success than simply showing up. And that although we may have days like that, there's a lot of other things that are happening that affect our success. You know, I, I remember there was a billion dollar fortune 100 brand where I got to speak to some of the people who were part of the founding core, the growing core of this business. And then I got to talk to someone else who was close to them, who basically said something to the effect of, you know, the more time I spend with them, the more I realize that they weren't just geniuses in business, they were just lucky. And this person was kind of reflecting on, in hindsight, how these people had not really gone on to start anything else beyond this original business that was anywhere near as, as successful as that business. And the takeaway there is that to be successful, there's a lot of luck. There's a lot of good timing. There's a lot of fortune. And you know, there's a lot of days that you work really well. There's a lot of days you don't work really well. So when we talk about successful business people, uh, 
in a lot of cases, some of those streaks of good timing, those lucky circumstances, they do not get mentioned. Now, I'm grateful on the podcast. I've had multiple millionaires on the podcast. I've had people who've come on who've talked about that luck, who said, yeah, not taking away from my own hard work and dedication, but I had to get a little lucky or I just my business had to survive long enough for the luck to, to come my way. But what I've noticed in this conversation of people, this whole, this whole narrative of people don't want to work anymore, we like it's almost like we take the reality of being human off the table. So what I'm getting at is these successful millionaires probably have days that they don't do super well. I mean, actually, I had someone on the podcast recently. Uh, she runs a multi-million dollar business that she grew from the ground up from customer one. And she said, yep, yeah, uh, to this day, I have days where I'm like, I literally like so much is happening in my life that it's hard to, um, you know, if, it's, if really challenging things are happening, it's hard to get out of bed. It's hard to show up for my employees. It's hard to, and it wasn't, but I do it anyway. It was some days I do do it anyway. Other days I just can't. And that's being human. So like the, what I'm trying to communicate here is it almost feels like for people who are hourly workers, the level of exceptionalism that we hold them to is so insane of like, oh, you're in poverty. Oh, you're not making enough money. Well, you should be out there working three jobs. You should be out there. Oh, you have kids. Well, you should be, you know, oh, and your kids are, they're failing out of school. Well, you should be a better parent. Well, you should be doing like, there's no room to be human. And it's, it's kind of freakishly weird. It's weird the level of expectations we put on our lowest earners. And it, it, part of me thinks it's a bit um, parental and disturbing and critical. You know, when you meet someone who is struggling to pay their bills, to be like, yeah, you should really work as hard as I do. You know, it's like, it, in fact, I th it makes me think of a story. This is such a cynical story, and I don't mean it this way. And I'll just disclaimer, I am a religious person. I'm a Christian. I go to church. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's what I'll say there. But before this story, there was a man, a pastor, who was the pastor of a mega church, and he pulled up uh, he pulled up in this, you know, $70,000, $90,000 car, really nice car. And one of his patrons of his church saw him and he was getting out of his car and the patron was like, oh my gosh, well, that's an amazing car. And uh, the pastor was like, yeah, yeah, it is. And the patron's like, like, really? That's, you know, kind of almost implying like, hey, they're, that, that's really expensive. You know, that's really, <laughs> that's not the kind of car you would see just your typical layman uh, driving around. And the guy goes, yeah, and if you're faithful to God, he'll bless you with one too. And like, that was the story. That was it. And it pisses me off, honestly, because as the story progressed further, it came out that this pastor was actually pocketing a multitude of his uh, church members' tithes, their offerings. So it pisses me off because like that is... That is the stereotypical business person talking to the person who's not successful yet. Yeah, if you just do what I'm actually not doing, but if you just do this, you know, things will all work out for you. 
So we gotta we gotta change our perspective on how we think about, talk about, um, you know, work with people who are in difficult circumstances, but more importantly, who are living paycheck to paycheck. And we have to stop this narrative of like, you know, thumbing our nose at someone, like looking down at someone who is paycheck to paycheck as if they are committing some sin, they are doing something wrong, they are um, lazy. It, it, in fact, I, I, I have met people who are hourly workers who work harder than I do and make less money. And I don't necessarily think of that as like in, in something that's unfair about the system as a whole. I approach it from the mentality of how dare I look at that person then and demand to see receipts on how they spend their money, on how, you know, um, they spend their time. It's like, yeah, you're an hourly worker. You make $12 an hour. You're not allowed to watch TV. You're not allowed to do Netflix. I mean, like, like, give me a break, you know? So like, that's the first thing I want to address is like the critiquing criticalness of people who are, are living paycheck to paycheck. It's obnoxious. Um, it's dehumanizing. It When you do that, you do not give someone, you deny someone the dignity that every person inherently deserves to have. Every person inherently deserves dignity. And when you do that to someone, you're robbing them of that. It's not okay. The other part of this equation is like, let me break down how intellectually dishonest this whole conversation is. Because we talk about it like, um, we talk about it like, not only is it like they're doing something wrong, but we're also incredibly ignorant to the things that we do as business owners that make other people's lives more difficult. And this is actually, you know, now that we're 15 minutes in, this is actually what I really wanted to talk about today. Uh, but I got on this rant about how we view people. I keep seeing stories about people quitting their jobs. People, you know, uh, there's different social media places that are becoming incredibly popular as people share stories of their, their, um, their own like stories of quitting stories, their bosses did. And, and I'll go and tell you, like, I'm sure on social media, some of this is fake for clicks, but having talked, like having worked in this space for four years now, actually longer in the management space, I've worked in it now for probably uh, seven or eight years, but within good advice, my business, the number of business owners I've talked to who have asked me a genuine question that has scared me. I mean, there have been dozens of them. The woman who asked me, hey, I want to know, is there a way to pay less than minimum wage? And I said, well, what do you mean? Well, you know, I know there's a lot of loopholes legally uh, with the tax system and wages and all this kind of stuff. Like, is there a way that I can, is there a loophole where I could pay my employees less than minimum wage? And I was like, you're crazy. You're nuts. Why would you want to? And also the whole, the whole way this conversation started was all of our employees were quitting. And she's like, I don't understand what's happening. Um, I've talked to business owners who pay minimum wage, eight, nine, $10 an hour, and they're losing employees to a $15 an hour company. 
and they're like, hey, what what's the strategy? What's the answer? I mean, I've had this conversation multitude of times, a multitude of times. And I say, there's no brilliant strategy. I mean, they are going who with who pays. You know, you have to understand your employees don't have this cultish obsession with your brand. They may love you. They may love working for you. But ultimately, they, they enjoy having food more. They enjoy being able to take their kids to Disney World more. Like they enjoy the basic things that we have more than whatever amazing origin story you've cooked up with your business. So I talk about all this because I've had so many conversations with business owners around this topic of management. And I, and I, it's funny cause I, I talked about this years ago. I talked about this three or four years ago where I, it was, I need to find this article, but it was something like stop doing ropes courses. Like it was like, stop taking your team to team building activities. Just be a better boss. Just be a better boss. Like stop taking your people. All right, guys, it's that time of the year. Woo. Let's go do a ropes course. <laughs> let's go do a, you know, let's go throw some hatchets. You know, let's go do these X, Y, and Z. And it's like, all right, we did it. You know, we spent an hour, you know, I spent, I, as the boss, I spent 200 bucks. Everyone got pizza and beer. You know I mean? Woo. We did it. You know, now we're a high functioning team again. It's like, no, you're still a micromanaging jerk that your employees hate working for, or there's still issues. Like you have employees who, yes, the pizza was delicious, but I still don't have the basic supplies I need to do my job. And then I get in trouble for it or employees yell at me or excuse me, customers yell at me or, you know, it's like, it's like my job is this. And yet because so-and-so quit now I'm doing X, Y, and Z on top of that, or when I do a good job, I get more work dumped on me. Like these are things that are all inherently tied to being a good or bad boss. And it's nothing that a ropes course can fix. So I found myself talking about this years ago. And interestingly enough, it's coming up again now where we're, we're having this conversation on retention, on people quitting. There's the obnoxious statement around no one wants to work anymore. And it's like, actually because of the amount of jobs that are opening up, like, think about this, like, let's take away all politics aside and let's just frame this another way. Let's, let's, let's reframe hiring in general. Okay. So let's go 10 years ago. Let's go 20 years ago for just this, the sake of the argument. 20 years ago, if you wanted to get hired, you would look at your local postings you would go to your local businesses and you would hope that you lived in a town with enough businesses that were doing well enough that could hire you regardless of economics of your town. Like you, you 20 years ago, you probably, I mean, let's think about this, uh, 20, 2002, I mean, it's maybe, maybe this is happening a little bit, actually 20 years ago, 50 years ago, you weren't working for a, a, a business, you know, on the other side of the country, probably not. I mean, because just the the infrastructure wasn't there. You weren't hope you weren't hopping on a Zoom call fifty years ago. Today, however, actually, let me finish that. Let me finish that. So years ago, the applicant pool, or both ways, actually, the number of your applicants was much less. The applicants' options for where they could work was much less. Fast forward to today, post COVID in a zoom world, in a remote world, this is actually statistically happening where businesses are now reworking their entire work 
environments to be fully remote, hybrid remote. Um, they're rethinking building upgrade plans. Like, why would we expand our headquarters when, you know, now we don't have as many, as many people coming into the office? Like, this is all getting re reworked and rethought of. And now there's never been an easier time for me to work for a business on the other, other side of the country. Because all the things that I would do, in many cases, I can now continue to do without ever stepping foot in that building. So my options for companies has grown dr just drastically. And so I no longer have this crutch of, I only have three local businesses to choose from. Now there's 30, there's 30 businesses that I can apply for. And so because of that, now you as an employer, you aren't competing with, you know, mom and pop shop down the street. You aren't competing with the other couple of local businesses. Now you're competing with a multitude, several dozen businesses, some of which have a lot more cash than you do and are willing to take a chance on an employee better than you can. So what that means then is that you as the employer, you as the boss, you don't have the buying power that maybe you did five years ago. And it's causing employees to reevaluate. It's causing people to rethink, wow, do I really want to work here? This boss just screamed at me and I make $10 an hour. Do I really want to work here anymore? I was talking to a woman who's looking for a new job and she said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm applying to jobs. I'm thinking my starting wage, like I'm making 10 or 11 now. I want to make 15. Like when people ask me what I want to make, should I, should I say 15? And I was like, uh, yeah, in this, in this job market, you should. You really should. You should ask for 15. Despite, I mean, I saw a social media post of a job, uh, an application where the person said, what's your desired wage? Don't say 15. <laughs> Don't ask us for 15. We're not going to pay it. You know, despite some people being pretty obnoxious about it, it's like, yeah, you should ask for 15. It's becoming the norm to pay more. There's a lot to unpack there, by the way, about what $15 today, how it compares to, you know, money 30 years ago in terms of like the value of your dollar. Some really interesting insights there that I don't want to get into today. But the bottom line is instead of saying our employees don't want to work anymore, instead of thinking about your hiring as the lowest cost to you, it's time to start thinking about hiring as an actual strategy for your business. Just like you have a sales strategy that you will analyze and evaluate, it's time to start thinking about how do I make sure that the hiring part of my business, the part of my business that's, that's most tied to the scalability of my business, because like literally I'm bringing people on, I'm handing off tasks to them, to them so that I can multiply the amount of work that I personally can do. Like now it's not just Blake, there's three other employees now. And so there should be a, a, an exponential effect on the business. If that's what I want to happen, it can't be this inverse relationship where I want the business to grow exponentially, but I'm going to spend as little as possible to do it. And frankly, if that's your philosophy, you're greedy. That is, that is literal greed. Like the stories that I've heard and read about businesses that, I mean, reading some national chains, by the way, who are, I mean, their profits have skyrocketed, skyrocketed in the last 12 months. 
and they've raised prices and then blamed their employees for, well, you know, we have to pay more wages. Things cost more. It's pretty disturbing to me. More importantly, it's pretty, this whole concept of like lowest cost, it's not a long-term strategy for successful management. It's not how you motivate people. Like for me, my personal belief, like I was in Germany and I was talking to a guy who works for a, a major corporation there that's done extremely well over the last 50 years. And I said, well, hey, what's it like working there? And he said, oh, it's amazing. Like our founder, what he's talked about is the reason that he became uh, successful is not because he was so wealthy and he had so many workers making so little, but that instead he made sure he made his employees wealthy, which in turn made him successful, which is very intuitive when you think about it. Like when you pay people well, typically they stick around. Typically they want to do well. And it's not because they feel like they owe you something, but it's because you're taking away like, like let, let's get this into a very like theoretical conversation for a second. You need to check out Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's a very common concept. Maybe you've run into it before. But it's basically, it's, it is the things that people need to reach levels of um, self, uh, uh, I'm totally blanking on the, the terms for it now, self-actualization. Like imagine yourself as, like go back to that day where you were just pinging to become the person that you are offering the much, the most, doing the most, you're the most successful, you're accomplishing the most, to become that person there are things beneath the surface, there are things below that peak performance that have to be settled for someone to attain that level of achievement. So like one of those basic things is food and shelter. So like you probably can't go back to that day that you nailed it, that you killed it, and then be like, oh, and yeah, I had to sleep in my car because like I, you know, my I lost my apartment and also like I hadn't eaten in 48 hours. It's probably not the case. You probably got a good night's sleep. You probably had a good breakfast or at least a, you know, something delicious that maybe you don't normally have. And yeah, your basic needs were met. And that allowed you then to separate that and focus on the task you had at hand. Um, physical and emotional safety is another big one. And so, you know, knowing you can come to work without your boss screaming at you, it's a pretty good motivator for someone to perform well. Point that I'm getting at is that when we talk about paying people well, it's a losing game to think about how little can I pay people. Instead, the healthier perspective is how do I invest in my people? Because when you invest in your people, you're investing in your business. Here's the difference here. When I talk about like getting my lawn cut and I'm just looking for the cheapest possible option, I'm probably not caring about how, what the quality is like beyond the dollar that I'm paying. You know, if I pay someone five bucks, I'm going to get about a $5 cut. But if I'm thinking about, I want to invest in like selling my home and the value of my home, well, now I'm investing in a landscaper and someone who ultimately understands this. So in the same way, when you think about where you want your business to go, where you want your business to grow to, it's all about understanding the art of investment. You have to invest in your employees to see that return on investment on your business. It cannot be what's the least amount of dollars that I can spend 
because that ultimately does not work. And frankly, you're going to lose out because the cost of losing that person and rehiring the constant churn and burn, that is something that maybe a national brand has endless cash for. For the average business owner, you don't. You don't have the cash or the time for something like that. So stop worrying about, do people want to work anymore? And instead, build the kind of brand that you want that you believe people will want to come work at. Culture is more than a ropes course. It's about pay. It's about safety. It's about creating an environment that they can flourish in. And it's something that's done intentionally, not as an accident or just as a side product. So try to be a better boss. And more importantly, take care of your people. Hey, that's today's episode. I appreciate you tuning in. If you have any feedback for me, I'd love to hear what you think. You can email me, Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. Also, if you like the podcast, you want to support the podcast, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash goodadvice. Other than that, I appreciate those of you who support the podcast and I'll catch you later. That's today's good advice. See ya.